0: It's the 60 Go podcast presented by Min Sports. Joining me is Damien Siebold. Siebold, how are you, mates? Good, Tom. This is our 2023 Canterbury Bulldogs review and looking ahead to 2024. Geez, they've spent some money in the off-season, haven't they? They have
1: spent an absolute fortune, but that is exactly like the last few years where they've spent a fortune recruited multiple players, paid overs, and the results stay the same.
0: They cop some absolute hammerings during the year. Like It's one thing to lose by 30 or 40, but yep. they lost by 60 a couple of times. They, um, they've regressed, haven't they? Really? Yeah. And when you look at their coaches over the past few years, right, they've gone through, you know, ever since Dez, Dez was the last successful coach they had uh, when they went to a couple of grand finals. You would have to say that, Apart from the few weeks Mick, Mick Potter took over at the end of last year where they found to, started to found, find some form, the best, I, th- I think, the best that they've played over the past few years was actually under Dean Pay.
1: Yeah, look, I was about, you took the words out of my mouth. So I don't think they were good footy, so they were terrible under Dean Pay, yep. but they were competitive. That's right. They, and- they fought, they fought, they fought, they fought.
0: And there's no way in the Dean Pay squad there was as much talent
1: as this no, squad. No, not a, not a chance. And under Dean Pay, um, d- defensively, you know, a- as I said, they didn't win games. They never looked like winning a game, but they weren't getting belted because defensively they had a they had dig. That's right. That's
0: right. Um, let, let's look at the positives for the year for the Bulldogs. Um, and it's it's actually tough to look at. And one thing I'm going to look at as as a positive is. One signing that they made was Viliami Kikau. He, he barely played all
1: year, right? So you, you're basically yeah. getting a, a new signing in Kikau. Yeah, no, that that's true. Um, oh, I'm just looking at the table, and this is something that I forgot. The Dogs had the worst for and against, and it wasn't even close. It was 40, 41 points worse than the Tigers, and the Tigers are terrible. Yeah. So so what does that tell you? that the games where they
0: got beaten, they got smashed. That's exactly right. So yeah, So their inability to stay in a contest and just let it run over the top of them. There's a couple of games that really highlight to me this year. One was against Newcastle. Yep. One was against Manly at the back end of the year,
1: where as soon as something just went against them, they just folded. No resilience at all, was there? And it was from the beginning as well. I think early on, round one or two, like, well, maybe both. Uh, round one and two, they copped a couple of big touch ups that it just looked like they quit.
0: Absolutely, and the, some of the uh, what strikes me is some of the first half totals against them because you know it's one thing to be down, you know, uh, let's say you're down twenty four to twelve, right, in the second half, and then they score a couple of late tries to to make it look better than what it actually is, right? When you you can say, oh, we were in the game for sixty minutes. Some of these first half totals. So they got thirty on them in the first half against Newcastle. Uh, they got twenty-eight against the first half against Penrith. Um, they got twenty. Uh, sorry, they got thirty against the Knights in the first half, and then thirty-six in the second half. Lost sixty-six nil. They got thirty against them in the first half against the Sharks. They got twenty-four against them in the first half against the Eels. So some of these totals, like you, you're just not giving yourself a chance. Twenty-two in the first half against the Raiders. And, and look, to be fair, some of those teams aren't weren't good footy teams themselves. That's right. South Sydney twenty six against them in the first half. Uh, where else have we got? So, so Manly gave them a touch up as well. So uh, they're not giving
1: themselves any chance
0: no. to be competitive in the
1: first half. So, so we spoke about well, what, what's their um? You know, what was the positive to come out of the season? I can honestly only think of one, and it's young Jacob Preston, the the second rower. For me, he was the only shining light as far as someone in the squad who showed improvement. Um. And the guys that went there, yeah, it's hard to be too critical of of Kikia because he was injured. And again, you don't know how much that would have changed the season. They get such a damaging ball runner on that left edge for a whole season. Things could have changed, could have been a little bit different. But Reid Marnie, it's the worst season of his career. You know, he looked a shell of the Parramatta hooker that we saw over the previous four or five years. Um, Burton's continually going backwards. But again, I believe that's because he's not playing in the position that suits him the most. Um, I think he's a centre, maybe full-back, could fill in at uh, 5'8", or in the halves every now and again. But as your number one marquee half, it just doesn't work for him, does it?
0: No, not at all. And I don't want this to be a... um uh, putting down on Matt Burton's session because he's a good player. He is, but but that's he's right. an
1: Origin player, mate. In yeah. my mind, he should be in the team. Yep.
0: Yeah. So you you look at the new recruits coming in, Stephen Crichton. There's a lot of rumours that Stephen Crichton might be playing fullback. Um, I I would be real particularly with the game is now. We've I spoke to Hook about this a couple of years ago, Anthony Griffin, and the the way the game's gone. The the importance of centres gone to the days where centres don't mean anything. Centres are so vital. To the way you attack and defend. So if you were to put Crichton and Burton in the centers I agree. you go with that? And then
1: you're unlocking Ado Car because all of a sudden you've got Matt Burton, who's a you know he's a ball runner first, but he's still a good ball player. So he's going to release um, Ad Car, find space for him. You know, again, they've. So- I'm just double checking. They've signed a couple of halves. Um, again, they're not elite halves, but they're blokes who could do a job. They signed um, Blake Taff. So he could play fullback with ease. You know, he could he could go into that squad, do a job at fullback, leave Stephen Crichton where he is, because I reckon the argument there is, Crichton is now almost the best centre in the comp. If not, he's definitely best three, isn't he? Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. And
0: the, I'm I'm not sure that. I, I think Stephen Crichton can provide more to your football team, even in a bad one, at centre than at fullback.
1: I agree. Um, again, we've only ever seen him in glimpses at fullback because obviously Dylan Edwards is such a good player. Penrith didn't need him to ever play fullback. It was only every now and again. So I don't know. He could be an elite fullback. He's so athletic. He's um, he's good under the high ball. He can ball play. So it, it may work. But again, just looking here, they've signed Drew Hutchinson. Now, Drew Hutchinson. Is a he's a solid first grader. He's not a star. He's certainly better than a reserve grader, so he belongs in an NRL squad. I think they would be a better side with someone like him playing in the halves than Matt Burton.
0: Well, did they sign Jaden Salmon as well?
1: Um, th- they may have. They yeah. may have. But again, I don't think he's a half. See, a they signed Connor Tracy. Guy. Yeah, same sort of player. Con- Connor Tracy can he can fill space. He can fill a number of roles. Yeah. Um. And they've signed Jake Turpin as well. Now Jake Turpin is is a is um, a hooker, but again, he's played plenty of NRL in the halves, um, especially when he was at, at the Broncos when they had a lot of injuries. And he looks a more natural half to me than what um, Matt Burton does.
0: One person they have signed who is going to be uh, a lot of a lot of eyes on him that's for sure is Bronson Cherry.
1: Yes, um, by the looks of him, have you seen him? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, he he's certainly been training hard by the looks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He might he might have been training with Shannon Noel <laughs> exactly. Have uh, is there
0: a like he played centre obviously when he was at Cronulla? Yep. Um, is there is there room for him to move potentially to uh, I on the wing prop lock? <laughs> I, I think he could move to a lock position P- eventually.
1: Possibly. I, I just don't know what his motors like as far as. Um, he's always been an outside back there's a big difference between being an outside back and, and playing in the forwards and that repeat effort on effort um, you know, side of the game so I don't know whether or not he'd be suited there I think I think he's going to find it tough for, for a little bit I'm not saying he won't be a good player and he, he's not going to come good but if you don't play a sport for was it three years he copped?
0: Yeah, three or four.
1: Yeah, so that that's a long time. You know, I know he would have been training. He would have been able to play touch footy and and things like that. Um, he may have even been able. I don't think he would have been able to play rugby union at a uh, no at any level because no. again he would have been banned from all yep. sports. So, you know, he's going to be rusty. It's yeah. going to take him a couple of months to get his legs back and to get the feel for the game back. Um, I, I don't know. It's it, it, wing. He's a winger.
0: It's a it's a punt, yep. but. I don't think it's a... It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Because
1: at the end of the day, they're probably paying minimum wage for him. So, you know, why not take a chance?
0: Exactly. So, oh, look, I'm, I'm keen to see how it works out. They've signed... Like, they've got a lot of these sort of fill-in stopgap players, don't they? You know, Kurt Mann's another Actually, one. Actually, Kurt signed. Mann's
1: a good signing for them. Yeah. Um, he can play lock for them. He can play anywhere for them. Like, realistically, he becomes an excellent number 14. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he will be good for them.
0: But at, at the end of the day, for the dogs to have any sort of success this year to make any sort of ingro- in, in, inroads, Reed Barney got to turn around very quickly because
1: he was poor. He was poor. His attitude was poor. As yeah. Well, I, I think, like, you know, he was always... He was such a competitive bloke. I watched him so closely at Para because, believe it or not, I'm a, I'm a mad Para fan. And he looked frustrated. Really, really frustrated. He looked like he was... Um, he was getting annoyed with himself. He was getting annoyed with his teammates. And then his performance was falling away because of that. And, and the other thing that we haven't brought up yet, and I think we have to, is Cameron Serraldo was touted as the, the next big thing, um, defensive mastermind. He was going to come in and fix the dog's defense up, bring back that steal, and then everything else would flow from the back of it. Well, they were the worst defensive team in the comp. And... and as i said apart from preston it is hard to find a bloke in that squad who actually improved last year
0: exactly exactly and i know stats aren't everything but i just want to touch on something with reed marney so uh 2020 yep his tackle efficiency was 96% yep uh that goes to 2021 and 2022 which it was 92 yep 2023 which is this year 88% yeah
1: that's a, it's a drop and when you're making as many tackles as what he makes yep that is a big, big drop because yep. it's not like he's making 20 tackles and it's, you know, one or two a game. He, he averages 40 tackles a game. So he's probably missing up to five. Five tackles five a game. Five tackles a game, yeah. Yep. Which is a lot.
0: It's, it's, you can't, you can't win with that. You, when people are continually punching holes in the middle yep. and they're noticing a weak spot, you, and you again, sorry, sorry for sorry yeah, you yeah. are, mate, but I'm, I'm just
1: thinking too, you know, at Para, it, some of his defensive deficiencies, which for mine is purely just his size because he's a good defender. He's tough. He rips in. He gets his head in there, you know, places you wouldn't put your knees. Maybe he had better defenders around him in the middle at Para, which helped with that, um, you know, defensive...
0: Yeah, that's de- certainly true. ...deficiency, yeah.
1: Certainly true. What are your expectations for the next year? Um, They, they have to be. They have to be better than what they were. You know, they, they probably, they won as many games as... I think they'll win this next coming year. So they actually won a couple more games than what you think. It's the games that they lost where they got absolutely hammered. That's right. So I expect them to win around the same amount of games. Surely their um, defensive efforts are going to be better. So I, I can see them punching up the table another you know, couple of spots, but they're not pushing for the eight for mine.
0: The Dogs won two more games this year than St. George of but their four and against is 140 points worse.
1: And we think, so. and the perception is St. George were terrible.
0: Yes, exactly. So I, I actually think that, because to me, they're not getting into that top 12. We've spoken about that top 12 quite a lot. There's a difference yeah. between the top 12 and the rest. Uh, if they fix their for and against, that's
1: what I'll be looking for this year. Can they be competitive in games? And that will pump them up the table a little bit. You know, one or two spots. Yep. See, I actually think that they could end up... I, I think they're a better footy side than the Raiders. So... On paper, that is, and and potential. So I, I really see the Raiders falling away big time next year. So they could, you know, jump up a couple more spots than we think. Again, we'll do a prediction show, I'm sure. But one of mine will be around the Warriors and where I think they'll end up. So, you know, you, you never know how much they'll climb. But again, I don't think they, they're going to be in the fight for the eight at the end of the year.
0: Do, I still think the Dogs are a bottom four team. Do you think they get out of the bottom four? I think they'll be right on that that fringe of the bottom four. Fair enough. We'll, uh, we'll see how everything goes. They've certainly signed a lot of players, that is for sure. Uh, should be an interesting year for the Dogs in 2024, Will I'd be. say. That's the 60-year podcast presented by Mint Sports, and that is full-time.